Jennifer Zhang. Yes, Jacqueline Lopez. Give me three words to describe Bride of Chaotica. You got it. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, dear. Fiendish death ray. <gasps> this is Seven of Wine. This is Seven of Wine. I'm here with Jennifer Zhang. I'm Jack Lopez. And every episode, we review a bottle of wine and an episode of Star Trek Voyager. This week's episode, Bride of Chaotica. You can't say it without sounding like that. No, you really can't. It's kind of the best. And the thing is, the episode title actually officially has an exclamation mark on it, doesn't it? I feel like it should. I, I think it's Bride of Chaotica with an exclamation mark. As it should. As it should. Because you guys, spoiler alert, excellent episode. It's excellent. So excellent. But enough about that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk more about it? Hey, Jen, you want to give a synopsis? Enough about that. More of that. Hey, enough about that. Let's talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me, me, me. Voyager gets stuck in a layer of subspace that interferes with their warp field, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But what's really important... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But what's really important is that this uh, thing that happens messes with the holodeck while Tom and Harry are in there having a play date mm-hmm. with their favorite program, mm-hmm. The Adventures of Captain Proton. Not a porn. Not a hollow porn. <laughs> Although slave girls are mentioned. However, yes, it is a fantastic black and white. It is. And as it turns out, photonic beings infiltrate this hollow novel through like portals that break out in the holodeck and they mistake it for real life. So to engage these beings, everyone is going to have to play along. Even Captain Janeway. Or should I say, (gasps) Queen Arachnia. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. So good. So good. So, Jen, speaking of good, mm-hmm. did we make a good selection with the wine we paired with uh, this episode this evening? Well, uh, we selected a fine rosé. Her face is so squishy. I couldn't, I couldn't pair the word fine and rosé in the same sentence without making a face. It was great. It was uh, a great face. Jackie and I had the same opinion of rosés. Which is blah, which blah, blah, which blah, is blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um... <laughs> But it was so selected because of the name decoy, which Janeway has to be in order to engage these photonic beings in the holodeck. So here you go. You could do the honors. Ah, <gasps> uh, yes. This is decoy. Ca- oh, and because so decoy has different varietals, we should make mention of that. But we decided to walk on the wild side because you know what? It's 2018. It's 2018. It's 2018. Try new things. Try new things. Hate them. Go back to the way it was. <laughs> Oh, oh, already, already this pretentious son of a bitch. Okay, literally all it says is the everyday wine for the well-informed. That's all it says? And then Duckhorn Wine Company from Hopland, California. Top me off. And here's the thing, like no hating, if you love rosé, you do your own thing. You know what? You set your own course. But as far as we're concerned, pick a side. Pick a side. Pick a side. What are you? What are you? Are you a red or are you a white? Cheers. Cheers. All right. 
Let's try it again. <laughs> Here's the thing about rosé. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a 50-50, but people like 70-30 it. Some people 60-40 mm-hmm. it. I mean, this one doesn't even... It, it assumes you're so well-informed, you already know the mix percentages of this rosé. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like, here's my feeling of rosé. Someone went by, like, someone basically backwashed red into a white wine bottle. Ew. That's what I think of rosé. That's apt. Um, this, yeah, it definitely tastes more white. It's than- peachy. It's a very peachy. Um, it starts off with a very peach um light um floral flavor if i would have to be that kind of person mm-hmm. and then it ends in beer yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what? it's called decoy because it's masquerading as a decent wine <laughs> oh bro oh, savage we are so savage. you guys we are lit for this episode but enough about the wine we'll get back to it later let's get into the episode because unlike this decoy our Janeway decoy centric episode is the tits. It's so good. We we were talking about how uh, if you if you follow like the behind the scenes stuff or any of the Star Trek uh, you know casts, you know that at a certain point TNG, so Next Gen, um, uh, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine were all being filmed like kind of simultaneously at a certain point, right? And the Voyager cast had a reputation for not. <laughs> Not being as serious on set as the casts of Next Gen or Deep Space Nine. I have to say that part of the reason I have this look no further mentality when it comes to Voyager is anytime when I because I went down the convention rabbit hole where I was watching all their pre-recorded conventions. Mm-hmm. They are the funniest things. I want to hang with these people so badly. The cast is so, and they all, you could tell they love each other and they clown around. And they that, clown around like crazy. And and as has been substantiated by people who had to direct on Voyager, sometimes they were like quite impossible to direct. Yeah, well that's what, that was my favorite thing is like their 20th anniversary convention. Mm-hmm. Beltran makes mention of two directors quit immediately after recording <laughs> Voyager never directed again. <laughs> So that should tell you about how unfortunate it is that the cast is so hilarious behind the scenes, but not a lot of the episodes of Voyager allow them to flex those uh, those comedy chops. This is not one of them. No, man. This one, they they went, they were able to go hog wild with like how funny they could all be. It was such a delight. So Tom and Harry are yet again in the holodeck playing one of their favorite little hollow novels, which is this 1930s style science fiction pulp uh, that. Tom, I don't know if he, he wrote it, right? He like, he created it. Yeah, he programmed it based on, like he, he yeah. does a lot of extrapolations, I assume. That's true. Because he, he mentions throughout the episode that he's, um, that mm. he did this kind of as an exploration of how people in the 1930s on earth or, you know, Terrans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, envisioned the future. So it's a lot of fun. It's all in black and white. And him and Harry do this frequently where he's Captain Proton um, Harry is his faithful sidekick, and they go around the universe, like, rescuing. Saving slave ladies who are very, very sexy and scantily clad. So, it, yes. essentially, they kirk it up. Yep, they kirk it up hard. And then stuff starts going wrong, because yeah. all of a sudden, they're in a black and white episode of this holodeck program, and yet these colorful distortions start appearing. Yep. And meanwhile, something is going wrong on the ship. So, there's a shakety-shake, 
and these distortions start forming that are not programmed right. at all. So um, Tom and Harry are uh, like out in the desert or like caverns or caves or whatever, right? When they see these things. Now, initially they can't, our first indication that things are not just, it's not just a matter of like distortions happening in the holodeck is that they cannot manage to get out of the hollow novel yes. at first. Like, so they start having to... Well, they, they go through end program. They go through all the all the systems that usually work and they are not working. And they have to manually find like the box where they can, you know, maybe do some some jury-rigging to get themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do, after the opening credits, manage to do that, right? But what that means is they... Because they were unable to end the program, the program is continuing. You just assume when you're a member of the ship that once you leave the holodeck, they're supposed to just shut off. The Voyager has encountered a situation where they can't uh, jump to warp, right? They're stuck. They're stuck they don't in know what, what Tuvok says is a subspace blah, blah, blah. Yeah, subspace blah, blah, blah. That's affecting their warp, blah, blah, blah. It's crazy, you guys. I mean, the techno babble's so intense. The blah, blah, blahs just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And then... And then? Uh... While they're stuck, while they're mired in this situation, um, they discover that there is weapon fire that yeah. is damaging Voyager. Yes. But they don't find any ships in the space subspace around them. And upon further analysis, they realize that the weapon fire is coming from inside the ship. Inside the ship. Uh, How could this be happening, Jennifer? So Tom and Harry kind of look guiltily at each other when uh, it's reported that it's ha- coming from inside the hollow deck. Yeah, right? hollow deck six or something like that. They kind of look sheepish, or Tom does, and he goes, Hey, I had a hollow deck program running and it's still running. Mm-hmm. And we find out why it's still running because yeah. all of a sudden we cut to the actual program, which is still running mm-hmm. and it's still running. You know, Chaotica's domination, and he's, you know, he's trying to figure out where Captain Proton is. Captain Proton and Buster Kincaid, before the distortions happen, they encounter this henchman who's going to play an important role in this. So that was our first introduction to him. When we jump to the Hollow novel, right, it's it's an interesting thing because we are, as audience members, privy to the fact that the Hollow novel ha- is still happening. Exactly. Um so this is where Jackie was picking the story up with the henchmen had brought to Chaotica. Lonzak. His, yeah, Lonzak had brought to Chaotica prisoners. Yes. So we have these two uh, vacuum cleaner salesmen who've touched down into, out of these distortions. And what's so great is one of the things that stood out to me is I kind of, I kind of had this moment where I was like slow capping casting. Mm-hmm. I was slow ca- uh, clapping casting because they look so similar and yet so different. And they're so striking. Yeah. They have like, they're very character actors. They have these very high cheekbones, very alien. Mm-hmm. And even the way they speak is very tempered. And it's just, it's really cool. But you basically have these two people, um, these two men who are selling the vacuums. They get <laughs> captured by Lonzac and they get brought to Chaotica's lair, mm-hmm. castle, palace, whatever. And um, basically, we learn in that exchange, they say very little, but they say that they're explorers and that they're learning about other photonic life. They've entered a scenario where these beings are hostile. So it's like they've come to explore other photonic beings. Peacefully. Peacefully. And they happen to encounter ones that were programmed to be fiendish. They're fiendish and and diabolical. And unfortunately, it's either... 
Chaotica or his henchmen who shoots, but one of them shoots first mm-hmm. and it vaporizes one of these guys, which is a hostile, it's an act of, it's a hostile act. act. That's a, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Hostile so blah, blah, blah. It's an act blah. of hostility, otherwise known as a hostile act. You're so well informed, Jen. I'm glad you're I drinking know. this rosé. I am drinking the right, the right drink for that. The, right, <laughs> the libation of oh, choice. Look at you. So when this is all discovered, initially when they're, they're being damaged, uh, Janeway tells Tuvok, well, you know, he's a security officer. She's like, well, go investigate. And then yes. she like looks at Tom, who Tom is looking very sheepish yep. because you get a very good, you get a very good indicator in this episode, throughout this episode, that the Captain Proton hollow novels are Tom and Harry's dirty little secret. For real though, man. So embarrassing. Oh my gosh. Like he <laughs> is so reluctant yeah. And and that's what's oh, I didn't even think about that. That's what's so great about yeah. this episode is it is like their secret stash yeah. and it gets full blown yeah. in this episode. It's front and yeah. center. Oh, that's great. So Janeway says to Tom, "Well, go with him." Like, "Well, you go." Right? She is so sassy in this episode. She's so funny. First off, hair on point, backside on point. It's amazing. Um I'll get to that later, but so Tuvok and Tom yes. head in um, and what they discover is not anything that Tom wrote, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they go, they show up, and it looks like the place is under attack. It's their bodies strewn everywhere. Everywhere. Including Constance Goodhart, which is, like, a total shock to Tom, right? He's looking at this body like, she's one of the good guys. She's not supposed to die. In the 1930s, during these pulp, the, in these pulp novels and stuff, it was very... I mean, here we go. Black or white. Hey, right? the bad guys lost and the good guys won. Yes. So he's bewildered as he's looking at this dead body. Tuvok gets his little jab in. He's like, well, she is just a character. He pretty much says like, you're a little too devastated. You guys seem kind of close. Right? <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't he like with Bolana at this point? Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like two bucks, like, bro. Come on. But in a little torn up over this dead, you know, hologram. And he's like, but, you know, Tom is able to, to thank God, he's able to, like, save himself and say, like, no, 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 no. I'm shook because she's not supposed to die. Not because she and I. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's over there? There is one near casualty that, thank God, is still standing. Thank God. Is the robot. Amazing robot. Oh. He's like he's he's been damaged damaged his vocalizer or whatever he calls it is distorted and Tom uh you know when they chance upon him Tom starts doing his little like jiggering and he's able to get in there and like mess with the tubes and like the transistors and whatever and actually repair this thing so that it could shed some light on what happened right yes and Tuvok is uh impressed by Tom's knowledge of this ancient technology which I thought was very very sweet I that, thought it was cute. That he didn't just say, like, this is stupid. Why do you know this shit? Stupid face. Yeah, he's, he's like, huh, your, your knowledge of this is pretty impressive. So uh, when they get the robot functional, it says, like, intruder alert, intruder alert, right? It, it basically reveals that there's, um, there is an intruder, right? What? <laughs> yeah. That's what intruder alert means? And that it's alerting them to it. All these years, <laughs> I just thought the door was open and the glass was shattered for fun. No. So, I thought it was a dance party. So they're... So Tom goes, uh, so before they get back on the bridge, Tom wants to check one more thing, which is the, the, uh, the system on his spaceship. Okay. Right. Cause it, it might have more clues to what has happened. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good scene. Oh. Because, yeah. 
because Tuvok's like, okay, he'll he'll go. And when they when they get on the spaceship, it's basically like ticker a, tape. Yeah, it's t- it's ticker tape that's coming out of a out of like a machine, right? Which is how in the 1930s they envisioned messages would be transport like transported into space. They were going to be printed out. Tom's sitting there reading it, right? And it essentially says like, you know, we're going to paraphrase here, but it's like a message from like the president of Earth. Stop, you know. Uh, we are under attack by beings from the fifth dimension. Stop, right? He's like reading all the stops and he's reading them out loud and Tuvok just interrupts him and he goes, stop. (laughs) He's like, just just paraphrase it for me. So what's so great is going back to what Jen was saying at the beginning of our uh, description of the episode is because like, you know, if again, if you've seen all the commentary with these cast members, it. It is proven time and time again that Tim Russ is probably one of the biggest jokesters in the bunch. Yeah. So for him to be able to flex his comedic mu- muscle yeah. as a Vulcan. So fun. Gold, sir. So gold. He, he gets to play with like comedic timing, you know, and, and it's perfect. They're and all nails landing, man. So good. Nails it so hard. They're saying a war is going on. Chaotica is going to war with aliens from a fifth dimension. Right. As they've decided. And just as they're about to go back and report what they've learned, um, one of these beings emerges. The one that survived yeah. the shootout when Chaotica and or his henchmen shot one of the, his, you know, his comrade, his comrade yeah. piecing out. So that's when they go into the Astrometrics lab. Astro, that's what it's and called. And yeah. freaking sexy Janeway's backside. I can't, I can't deal with this scene. I, because it's, it's Janeway. It's so good. It's Janeway being hot. Yeah. In a room with Tom Paris. I mean, you know how I feel about him. Yes. And Bellana and yes. Seven of Nine. Those are the four people in this room, and I came so hard. Janeway recounts a time she was on the Albatani mm-hmm. and how she wasn't captain yet, clearly, but she remembered they had this whole shenanabangery with blah, blah, blah science, mm-hmm. and basically they kind of coasted their way through an anomaly of some sort Mm -hmm. or some sort of similar entity. Mm -hmm. And so just like, you know, um, just like birds of a feather, she starts explaining her theory as to what they maybe should approach Mm -hmm. um, the subspace sandbar as they've named it. Mm -hmm. Um, And seven finishes her thought by just saying, Mm -hmm. all right, so what we'll do is we'll push a little and then we'll just kind of glide through with the least amount of resistance. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that gets us to the other side of this subspace anomaly. Yep. So so that puts Voyager into a situation where they're kind of sitting ducks because they have to modify things in order to to enact this plan, right? Yeah, because they have to tr- shut down the warp core, warp yeah. drive. They have to do all these different things to basically facilitate this yeah. sh- this maneuver. Sh- yeah, the, well, yeah. the shift this shift in acceleration. Yeah. So they've been stuck now. They've been mired for about three days. Everybody's on rations, right? Like the crew's not happy. They've had to divert power here or there. Like um, the hollow deck is obviously off limits. It's, this is this is. Everyone's going to get a little cranky. Okay, so one of the best things about this episode, Bride of Chaotica, in my opinion, is one of the most gifable, memeable episodes that there is of Voyager. Mm-hmm. Chances are, if there was a meme that you've used about Voyager or GIF, it's come from this. Yeah. Namely, the most timely of all of them, which is Coffee Black. Yeah. And that is this episode, and it is this moment where... It's been a couple of days. It's been a couple of days, not weeks, or is it it's weeks? It's been like three days, I think. So it's been three days, 
And Janeway is not, I mean, she's looking fabulous, but she is walking in and she needs her organic suspension. Yeah. It's like they're on rations. Um, Neelix tries to tell her because she comes in and demands her organic suspension. Yeah. And Neelix has to kind of interject with, oh, we're kind of. Uh, we're all running low. And she's just listen to me very carefully because I'm only going to say this once. <laughs> the line. Coffee. Black. <laughs> so good. And the other gifable moment, or gifable moment, depending on uh, who you are, who you blah, are. blah, blah. We're not going to open that can of worms here. We're not. We already opened some rosé. We're always we're, we're already crazy enough, Jen. Okay? She, We've already reached an extreme. Neelix realizes this is code red from the look on her face. Right? Yep. Goes and replicates her some coffee. Black. And? And, and it's the other gifable moment, gifable moment, whatever, where she takes it from him and takes a languid, luxurious she needed that you hashtag coffee gasm <laughs> she has the face the coffee gasm is real and I friend. Think she, she goes he tries to talk to her as he hands her and she goes coffee first coffee first so neelix when he's describing the situation in terms of now we've been waiting around long enough mm-hmm. go means go um he's explaining the situation with what it, what is is being taxed upon Voyager and its crew because of its stationary, non-moving, low-on-rations lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is apparently they've been reduced to four bathrooms on Voyager for the entire complement. But my favorite part of this line that I heard the first time when I was watching this episode for this episode of our podcast was he's so concerned. He's like, this this situation is very taxing on the crew, particularly the Bolians. <laughs> and I was like, what's wrong with the Bolians, yeah, man? Yeah. And then like Janeway, <laughs> before you could, we could even find out, it's going to stay in the realm of implication because she goes, say no more. Exactly. She knows exactly what that means, even though we will never know. Uh, Neelix, you take care of this. Bye. Bye. And like runs, just runs. So now Tom is at the helm. Yes. They go, she was like, take us out nice and easy. She's excited. Uh, She's like, you know what? Plan's going to work. We're going to get out to the other side. No problemo. No, I think they get as far as being able to travel at a slow and steady clip of nine meters per second or nine yards per second, whatever, whatever unit meters. of measurement. Meters. Uh, um, blah, 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 I think is the right term. And then blah, blah, the blah. whole thing fails, right? <laughs> so now, yeah. now it's back to, back to the drawing board, which is like their war room. And this whole sequence is amazing, right? Because now, like, the, you know, the, the cat's out of the bag. Um, Tom decides, okay, this is what we have to do. Whatever is happening on the holodeck, right, is interfering with our ability to get ourselves out of this. Now, these beings that are photonic-based are part of this subspace layer, right? Like, they're the beings that inhabit this. So we need to go in and we need to engage them. And... As far as we know right now, they believe they're locked in a war with Chaotica and his army. So yeah, we, and, yeah. Well, and and sorry for cutting you off, but mm-hmm. also making it abundantly clear, like we were making mention of before, they don't believe that us as humans or or as mm-hmm. as people of our plane are real. What's yeah, and what's really apt about this is like the people in the world of Captain Proton have uh, deemed these beings mem- uh, people from the fifth dimension. Yes, which is very very prescient in the fact that these people exist in a dimension that is not accessible to this one to to ours and that's because or or so in theory because we 
I'm identifying with the crew of the Voyager here, yes. are carbon-based beings. Yes. These people and their whole culture, their whole universe is based in photons and light, right? So there's no reason why they would ever believe or be able to di- detect people who are carbon-based because none of their equipment is engineered to detect people of carbon uh, who are carbon-based. It'd be like if we based all our science on trying to detect ghosts, which we don't, right? We base our physics and our science on like things that exist in our physical carbon-based world. Yes. So, um, so what, so all of this is to say that Tom says, when we go into the hollow deck, right, we have to act like we're part of that world because that currently is the only world they know and that they can detect. Well, and furthermore, you know, I think we implied it, but just to be clear, we put two and two together and realized that the battle that is the war ongoing in this holodeck is what's causing this, this subspace sandbar as it's been termed in the carbon based, uh, temporal plane that we're in on Voyager. So ergo in theory, if we're being stuck because of this fifth dimension, waging this war, yeah, waging this war, we need to help end it in order to move along. So, so what's what's hilarious it's about this so good. is that there are no actual stakes for Voyager other than being unstuck. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So so they have to help end a fictitious war, right? And the best thing about this situation is that where they left the hollow novel was that Chaotica was waiting for Arachnia. Uh, to be his bride. To be his bride, an ally from the kingdom of the spiders or whatever, right? The spider people, the queen of spider people, to come help him win this war. So right now, what needs to happen is Arachne. Okay, so to play along. <laughs> is so happy right now. To, for them to actually help the photonic beings win the war, they're going to have to play along with the scenario where an Arachnia um, makes nice with Chaotica and pretends to be his ally in a war only to double-cross him, <gasps> thus helping the enemies win. It's uh-huh. perfect. Also, aside from the fact that there's a new approach to this, the fact that Tom is the expert on all of this yeah. is also adorable. So cute. He's He didn't need any help being cute, but, you know. I didn't even mean to set her so up, ladies cute. and gentlemen. Didn't even mean to set her up. More rose. Jen's drinking a lot now. Um... <laughs> No, so it, what's so funny to me is all of a sudden he becomes point on this entire situation. And again, it's so charming because he is taking it seriously. Like yeah. he is, you guys, I I have the plan. I have devised it. This is how it goes down. And he like exactly as Jenna's making mention, she's like, you know, he, he Paris goes in and he goes, look, we got to make nice. Mm-hmm. We got to make nice with with the fifth dimension folks so they stop waging their war but in order to do that i have a gun on my ship if we Mm -hmm. get but we need to get the shields down so if we lower the force fields and we disable the ray gun then we can go in and i got my rocket ship i'm gonna shoot freaking chaoticus palace disable the ray gun and then we help the fifth dimension who's with me and everyone's just smiling smiling it's so funny and especially because Janeway Janeway sassy pants she's, Janeway she's smirking and she's looking over her shoulder because as soon as Tom says that there is a 
female ally of Chaotica's that like, he's fallen in love with and that now has to go in and infiltrate and be like a double agent and has to be a spy. She's just assuming all along that what this means is that Seven's going to have to go in and do some acting. But what's hilarious about this is that Seven has already proven herself to be the worst possible option for this role, right? <laughs> like earlier in the episode, I don't know if it's earlier or later, we we know this is season five, seven. She's not quite tapped into her humanity yet, right? And so as somebody on the crew, I think it was Tom described entertainment and the idea of people doing things for it's fun. It's either Tom or Harry, yeah. Yeah, it says something about like, oh, this is something we do for fun. She's like, you know, entertainment, another frivolous, another frivolous activity of humanity or whatever. Oh, she's just like, y'all are stupid. Like, she's, this is yeah. stupid shit. She is literally, she would literally be the worst person to have to play along with anything. And Tom recognizes this. Janeway, as captain, hasn't yet considered herself as the best possible option for this role so she's smirking looking over her shoulder like she knows and then she looks and then she sees the look on tom's face she does it is beautifully directed she realizes she's gonna have to be arachnia and she resigns herself to it in a way like every chakotay is having the time of his he's life so happy he's, you guys like i've never seen him happier in my life in this episode busting up seven is ambivalent to all of it she doesn't care she's standing there like mm-hmm, whatever i don't care and so when it's revealed, she's like glad it's not me yeah. <laughs> when tom indicates that it's gonna have to be janeway at first she's like oh Fine, whatever. Act? Must I? Must I? Best <laughs> performance of my life. So as she realizes, you know what? She's the right choice. She tells Tom, I'm a size four. It's so great because first off, that means I can fit into her outfit. And secondly, <laughs> um, what I really liked about it is, and this is what is so great about this, because it, exactly as you said, Jen, because mm-hmm. the stakes are, st- are so low, mm-hmm. You can see this secret edge to everyone really excited about being a part of this. So after Janeway agrees with Tom that, you know what, I'll go in, I'll take one for the team, mm-hmm. he starts briefing her. And I think that's what's so adorable. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's one of those walk and talk scenes in one of the hallways where he is briefing her about what she has to do. And he's super serious about it. And she is giving him looks like all day. Yeah. Like it's not an imagizer. It's this. And it's not this. And my, oh my God, and just to her, this is how you spend your free time. <laughs> like, it's so good. You know, she's not, she's not going to, um, she's not going to infantilize anyone. She's not going to belittle him about his passion, but she certainly is just tickled by this whole scenario. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, there, she even makes mention when they're in the elevator, when she just goes, oh, I can't get hurt. Right. You know, I won't get hurt if I get shot at. And he goes, yeah, but you can get restrained. You can get all these things. Yeah. He's basically saying, you know, let's just try to like work with me, lady. Yeah. Come on, lady. And, and the stakes are kind of real in that this is the sequence of things that needs to happen. Yes. Okay. Just so just to recap, what Janeway has to do is convince Chaotica that she's on his side. Yes. Um, enough so that she can get him to... Uh, Deactivate. deactivate his lightning shield, mm-hmm. which will allow Captain Proton in his rocket ship to pew pew to fire his. I think it's a destructo beam or whatever to the death the ray. death ray disable the death ray disable Chaotic's death ray, which will allow the photonic beings to finish the war by destroying. Um, to you know basically have the upper hand so that's that's a very basic. That's like that's the play here. That's the playbook. That's the play. That's it. Um. But, uh, so it's, you know, easy enough to remember, except Tom tells Janeway, like, oh, and if you're having trouble, 
you can always uncork the pheromones. And she gives him a look <laughs> like, excuse me? I beg your pardon? Oh, <laughs> um, It's the funnest thing because it is very 1930s pulp. The idea that there's some kind of magic spell, right? That like, women have. That women have, exactly. These are like, you know, the, the most... Uh, basic primal version of what a man imagines women are in space in the future is that they have some the magical pheromones that they can uncork and suddenly you'll be under their spell so that's what he tells her that's her secret weapon there is a bottle of pheromones in chaotica's throne room that she can use to charm any man as if she needed the help as if she needed the help so part of the plan too is while janeway tom and friends are are trying to shut down the operation from the inside of chaotica's throne room we also have we we're also trying to communicate to the photonic beings since they don't acknowledge tom and tuvok because they are carbon based we only got one option to speak to them Mm -hmm. and his name is a doctor what that guy hates acting or culture or art or he hates being a ham that guy no oh my god Again, another He's so excited. Another character actor who is just fucking brilliant. So yeah. of course, he we we open to sick bay and it's Bolana running in going, You have an emergency? What's the emergency? What's the emergency? And he goes, Oh, um, hey, I get to play this part. Can you please program my costume? <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bolana programs his thing so that he can appear cosmetically like the president of Earth. Right. He goes in, he he's able to engage um these photonic beings, which is a really poignant moment which is not really you know which is touched upon a little bit is the doctor is always has always been a fish out of water yes he's a photonic being among people who are carbon-based and here he's he's encountering people who only know the world of photons yes and he says to balana like you know I, i have to admit it's really appealing to me that there's a universe that exists just basically on his plane on the photonic plane so um so he goes in, he's able to engage with him. He says, like, oh, uh, he plants the seed, he inceptions, right? He does. He tells the guy, like, oh, yes, uh, I'm the president of Earth, um, and, um, you know, I know you're trying to win this war, but there is one man who can help you, right? And that is Captain Proton. Yes. Right. But I says, will say... A, oh, go ahead. Well, sorry for cutting you off, but it, I, was, I was going off of your train of thought. In engaging in the sense that he's intrigued by a whole photonic universe, mm-hmm. considering the fact that he is made of the same substance, yeah. I found that his plea mm-hmm. for these, let's just say, aliens from the fifth dimension to cease fire until Captain Proton helps them mm-hmm. was probably one of the more sincere proclamations that Picardo has made as the doc. And I mean, look... He, he's an amazing actor, but there was something so genuinely sincere about his pleading with these people to hold out so no more of you die. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. <gasps> I didn't think about that. Like That's the true. way he's like, cause you know, I thought, cause I was the same, I was in the same boat as you is, you know, when he's first gearing up to jump into the holodeck as the president of earth, he's so hype, mm-hmm. like so freaking hype. He's just like all about it. And the minute he gets into the holodeck and he actually speaks to these beings, when I was, you know, re- again, rewatching this episode, he is so sincere yeah. about, you guys, you need to stop dying. Every Star Trek has, has touched on this. Like, is it any less of a person with a consciousness if it's made out of force fields and light? So um, he is metaphorically yeah. the president of Earth. He really is. Oh! Oh! 
boom, rosé. So he took <laughs> girls, rosé though. Oh my god. So um, so the guy agrees. Okay, they're gonna cease their firing. Uh these photonic beings are going to stop their firing and, mm-hmm. and the plan will go as proceeded. And we get our glimpse as the, you know, as we, we go into Chaotica's lair. Oh, you he's, guys! He's... So <laughs> hype! So hype! He's distressed. He's like, why hasn't hasn't Arachnia responded to my plea for help? Because we need our ally in this war. Um, mm, wonder no more, Mr. Chaotica. Um, he used to call her on her cell phone. <laughs> right. Late night when he needed her love. Yes. And guess what? Signal received. Yes. Transmission. Because guess who walks in like a G? None other than Queen Arachnia of the Spider People. So beautiful. She slinks in oh. with her slinky dress. Oh, the slinky dress. And her and and what's oh my god, Kat, uh, Kate Mulgrew has a face for black and white. Like her cheekbones are beautiful. Everything about Kate Mulgrew is. Is it me? Her, she so she acts her face off. Acts basically, her face. And this is when, again, this is when you realize Janeway is all about having fun. You know what? Well, it's almost like when she was on the when she was in the conference room with all of them. She faces the she faces space before she turns to Tom and says, "Okay." And I feel like that away moment from camera when we were looking at her sweet backside. She made the idea in her own mind to be like, you know what? I'm gonna have the fucking best time of my life on this program. Here's the thing about Janeway that we know already, right? She goes big. She goes big. No matter what. Like, yeah. there's there's that, that meme that's Voyager, like a Voyager meme, which is like, you know, gets Voyager, uh, gets Voyager <laughs> home, <laughs> yeah. goes back in time to get it home sooner. Guys, she was really bored. Spoiler alert, <laughs> right? Like, Janeway is an overachiever, right? So and she's always loving to explore. Yeah, she does. If she if she's going to do something, she's going to go big. So the instant she's decided she'll play along and she'll be Arachnia, oh boy, does she ever... Look, oh, we in this place. Oh, oh we, are, oh, we, we about this. We in this place. When she shows up, she is full-blown Arachnia. She's <sighs> doing the, the mannerisms. She's invented this character. She's obviously, like, pulled from something deep within her to be able to embody this 1930s, like... Villainous. Villainous, who, as Tom pointed out earlier in the episode, there is something about the 1930s that we lost as time progressed, which is the art of hyperbole. Ooh. And she is way over the top. You know, she accepts Chaotica's advances. You know, she's very she's very much about the fact he's like, oh, yes, my beautiful Arachnia, right? He's- well, and also the actor who plays Chaotica. Like, just what's so beautiful is, like you said, there is this hyperbole, but there's also, and you hit it, you, you hit upon it earlier, so stylized. Once everybody steps into this environment, there's nothing that takes you out of the world. Other than the fact that you know, there's these little moments where they, they're very self-aware of like she's rolling her eyes or whatever. But in every other moment, she is Arachnia. The Chaotica guy, obviously, is is Chaotica. He's interchangeable practically with Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon, right? Like he he's evil in that classic way, over the top, like villain. The point you make mention of this rose is working. Okay. So- <laughs> well informed. So the point you made mention of is their balls to the wall committed to yeah. this holodeck program. Yeah. But that's where the delight is for us audience goers because of the fact that we realize that they are going ham 
in this game. And we don't get to see this side of them no. at all. It's Jumanji. They're guys, all up in Jumanji right now. It is so Jumanji and it's great. You know, she's like, oh yes, I finally arrived. Basically, we're paraphrasing here. And I can't do it like the way she does it. But she's like, yes, I finally arrived. Your prayers have been answered. Here I am. And he's like, oh, you know, let's get married. Right? Let's, let's <laughs> join... It- Look, it's the best because it's she literally. It's a beautiful night. <laughs> looking for something fun to do. So Chaotica busts out Bruno Mars, <laughs> and so basically, Janeway has her eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. We're finishing up this scene. Yeah. So to make a long story even longer, uh, Janeway has eyes on the prize the entire time. But you have to relish in the fact that she's created this character. Comes in, but she's she comes in going, "Hey, homie, look." We love you. I brought my troops, but we need you to lower your force field, basically, yeah. um, to get my people on the other side. And Chaotica is not buying it. And he says, oh, I'll lower the force field if you marry me. She's like, sure, absolutely. I can't yeah. do it. But she's like, yeah, sure. She's playing along. She's, she's, like, she's about it. She's like, yes, let's have let's have a wedding. He's like, great. We're going to make all these plans. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. She goes, oh, yeah, don't forget about the lightning, lightning shield. It's so great. It's, it's just so like, great. bing, bing, bing. She's like, yes, yes. Don't forget about the lightning shield. And now we get to uh, a moment that's not stylized, right? Because it's not, it, this is... This is not the stylized. Because no, now we're not with Captain Proton and uh, Buster Kincaid. Now we're with Tom and Harry on the rocket ship. And Tom is with, just... With the doc. Yeah, with doc. And and Tom, you know, he's he's over it. To put it, to put it lightly. It's like when mommy found your porn mags. Yeah. Like, you're done with them. You never you want to see them again. Anymore. No. I want to bury them. Burn yeah. them. Burn them. And he's complaining. He's like, oh, I can't wait to... You know, the robots tromping around doing things. He's like, I can't wait to do... Like, Tom's like, I can't wait to just be out of... I'm paraphrasing again. But, like, out of this costume. The guy's like... Oh, yeah, do this. The robot does it. He's like, I can't wait to delete this guy. The robot's like, delete this guy. (laughs) Like, it's just repeating everything he's saying. It's so comical. But, you know, we're talking about Tom and Harry now. He's like, I'm done with this hollow novel. (laughs) He's like, over it. He's like, I can't wait to just... This is the end of our adventures. Now... This is bittersweet for us as audience members, right? Because you really do feel the sincerity of the fact that that this has ruined it for him. But we have now seen multiple episodes of Captain Proton. Mm-hmm. It's it's the most amazing thing. Now, if I if I actually recall, I do think they ended up making a Captain Proton spin-off something. It's either a book or a comic book. But you know, now you guys at home can go Googling, whatever. But they, And you know, they may have very well created additional episodes and I'm just out of sequence with them in the in the yeah, future this was, seasons. Yeah. But I think that this was the big one. Mm-hmm. Um certainly anything else was more throwbacks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. We we do see a lot of um there are moments where Captain Proton is like a part of an episode or whatever. So this has been a this is like guys' night for Tom and Harry. They've done this a few times. Absolutely. And and you can tell by the way the f- the the fact that um Harry is tired of being the sidekick already. Oh, for sure. Right from the beginning, even though he's technically playing the sidekick in this episode, he's not really he he's more of a partner with Captain Proton now, the way he's playing it. He's like they've done this enough times so that he's kind of sick of being the sidekick. Now it's just two dudes rescuing slave girls yeah he's yeah. all about slave girls and so um harry's a little bit disappointed but tom is like yeah i'm i'm growing up is basically what he's saying oh yeah. shed a tear for captain proton but back but to back. arachnia Arachnia. that was terrible back to arachnia this is back to the stylized 
everything that we're talking about. It's so amazing. I am the most happiest, merriest person about this entire exchange because yeah. no one drops a fucking beat when yeah. it comes to this engagement. So, I mean, we have basically, we, we have, Janeway is in the throne room. Chaotica is nowhere to be seen. And she is, and, and so when she first made her entrance, she made sure to scope, to case the joint. Mm -hmm. So with the help of Janeway, we cut, we had come from a commercial break. She explains the entire scenario. Yeah. Oh, this must be the uh, ray gun. This must be the lightning shield. This must be this button. This must be the intercom that I need to signal Tom with as soon yeah. as I deactivate the lightning oh, wait, shield. Oh, what's this over here? Oh, these are oh bottled pheromones. Oh, I didn't oh. realize you were so sentimental. Yeah, so she catches, like, basically she cases the joint in her first entrance, stealing the vial of pheromones. Tucks it into her sleeve. Tucks like, it into her like crazy, sexy sleeve, like mm -hmm. a klepto G, mm -hmm. and goes about her business. So what ends up happening is she's really about this lightning shield, tries to disarm it on her own when she thinks no one is looking, and nay. Mm -mm. gets caught and uh the uh chaotica directs his henchmen to fire on the enemy right yes. <laughs> this is the best thing is that she's fully in character fully in the world of a 1930s pulp and to stop the henchmen from firing the beam she strides up to him and karate chops him in the neck <laughs> She lifts her, like, you know who Jane has. Listen, we've seen this captain, like, handle an assault rifle. Bro. We've seen her fucking Sigourney Weaver that shit all over the Delta Bro. Quadrant. Right? Bro. But, but we're not talking about Jane right now. She plowed a fucking ship into a ship. We're, we're talking about Arachnia now. Oh, yes. Oh. And Arachnia okay. in the 1930s world would not go full on fucking Sarah Connor on anybody. No. She strides up to him and karate chops him in the neck. <laughs> Judo chop, judo chop. <laughs> he falls to the floor. Chaotica, absolutely incensed. Oh, you've betrayed me. How dare you? And she gets shackled, which is ironically exactly what Tom warned about, right? Yeah. The fact that she can't get hurt, but she can get restrained. They try to shoot her at first. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Of course it doesn't work, and yeah. she plays it up like, ha, you cannot. <laughs> I am Arachnia. How dare... Who are you fools? You fools. And oh, so she's too into character because she trolls them and then he shackles her. So we have these pheromones available on a Saturday night. And what she does is she uncorks them and she does not put them upon Chaotica who's in the corner scheming. Nay, she puts it on Lonzak, mm -hmm. his number two, mm -hmm. as we should say. And uh, honestly... It works because he basically, she didn't even have to say much. He's just like, I'll do anything you want to. He's a blubbering mess. He's a blubbering mess. He follows that trail of pheromones straight to her. He is like gazing upon her beautiful visage. Oh my God, she's so with pretty. With the most, you know, the most adoring love. I hate that Kate Mulgrew can wear every hair color <laughs> successfully. He's when so I try wearing a platinum blonde wig i look like little kim <laughs> so her with her raven-haired beauteous oh, visage so oh. he he says to her like oh you know um i'll do anything you're, for you're you so beautiful i'll do anything she's like well we'll run away together if you uh all you, have to, shackle me. all you have to do is unshackle me and he does mm -hmm. and now she's free 
and and she she freaking like again not judo chops per se but she does do a little manhandling and then they have these really cool pew pew guns mm-hmm. and she pew pew guns all the henchmen with mm-hmm. the exception of uh of chaotica she basically mm-hmm. corners him and says hey bro uh gigs up mm-hmm. you know or jigs up uh disable the lightning shield mm-hmm. and he goes never and she pew pews him mm-hmm. and then she goes I don't know how to tell you this, but I think the wedding's off. And she just walks over <laughs> and she freaking turns down the lightning shield mm-hmm. and then uses the microphone and tells um, Captain Proton, Captain Proton, hey, bro, it's down. So she tells Captain Proton that it's, you know, all good in the hood. Yes, he it's all good in the hood, you guys. activates his giant beam of destruction. I think it's the Destructo Beam. Yes. It, uh, just as Chaotica is trying to stand up and he's using the ray gun, his, his death ray mm-hmm. for, um, as, as a, lev- as a, is it leverage? What is it called? As a stabilizer. Yep. He's stabilizing himself with his gun, with his own gun. Yep. He is trying to support himself with his own gun. But as Tom fires, he himself is extinguished by his weapon of extinguishing. He gets electric. He gets electrocuted so hard, so hard. And right. he like he convulses so hard. I was like, because he commits to it. You're like, that's oh what my I'm God. saying. This is a 1930s death. It's way over the top. He's he's not okay. <laughs> he's not. You guys. He went. He went to chiro, a chiropractic doctor afterwards because yeah. he shakes. He and, shakes his moneymaker. And he dies very theatrically with his eyes open, right? Yes. So he, like, slumps to the ground. And, you know, so ends the reign of Chaotica, or so we think. So now um, Captain Proton and Buster Kincaid show up in the room with Arachnia, right? And they're standing. They know they've succeeded in their, mu- in their mission. They've won Jumanji. They've won <laughs> Jumanji. Something, um, you know, Captain... Uh, so Chakotay's on the bridge being mm. a sexy beast, and he reports, hey... Um, as soon as you killed uh, Chaotica, this, we're out. We're clear. We're good. We're good to go. We're good to go. Um, but they're going to have their moments, their final moments here, and they're standing over the body of Chaotica, and Janeway's having a little moment because she's like, she's like, you know, this was fun. She's this like, was fucking she, fun. It was fun. And she sees him. And she's staring at him, and they're like, well, I guess that's the end of Chaotica. But not so because he <gasps> co- sputters to life for his final... His final knell. Yes. He he says to them, like, like, you know that this is not the end of me. Death cannot stop me. You have not seen the last of Chaotica. And he dies with his eyes open. He does. Um, and then they end up walking up to a little on little screen. A little imagizer. That says the end question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Which is so perfect. It's a it is a love letter to 1930s sci-fi that essentially what birthed this whole genre that ended <gasps> up creating Stop. Star Trek. I didn't even think about that. It is, it's beautiful. So when it says like the end question mark, we know as sci-fi fans who are currently watching Star Trek, hell no, it oh wasn't the end. Oh my God, Jen, you explode. You're rosé in my mind. You're decoy rosé in my mind, Jen. I didn't even think about that. It's not the end, and it never will be the end, because you know what? Star Trek is here to stay. Star Trek is forever. It's forever, you guys. Oh, 
That's so fucking that's wonderful. cool. And that's where the episode ends. That's it. We actually don't see them beam back, like not beam back, but like walk out of the holodeck or beam back onto the bridge. We don't. The episode ends with that question mark. Basically, the episode ends where the hollow novel ends. All right, you guys, like we wrap the episode. It's done. It fades to black after the, the screen has a the end question mark. Can we talk about how many themes were touched upon in this episode? How seamlessly it flowed from the ship to the holodeck to the, you know, and back. How everybody was on point in terms of their storytelling and their acting. The direction was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The costuming, the design. I mean, this is a quintessential, in my opinion. It's one of of the top five Voyager episodes. 100%. I mean, um... What's extreme, what's actually meta, what's actually meta about this episode Uh is the fact that Tom keeps making reference to how people in the past envisioned the future, Mm -hmm. right? How it was utopian, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, How those maybe a simple, how maybe the way that people in the past envisioned the future was so simple and so pure, right? And what's amazing about Star Trek is that's what the foundation of it is. Is, Is the... You know, like in a world right now where we in exist, a world where where we currently are, are living in a world where almost every uh, imagine imagining of the future is apocalyptic. Yeah, Mad Max, um, you know, Fallout, the video game, just everything Which imagines like our futures being bleak and gritty. Right? Yeah, it's the world. Star it's Trek, Star Trek as a franchise thanks to Gene Roddenberry, has always imagined our future as being somewhat utopian, progressive. We've reached a higher level of understanding, but we still wrestle with some very core primal um, conflicts when it comes to our humanity. Right? Absolutely. So, so that's where this episode is meta. We go back and look at the 1930s perception of the future that was utopian, Within a series that imagines our future as utopian. I cannot. She cannot, you guys. Oh my God. She cannot. So that was Bride of Chaotica. It's a phenomenal episode. People find it campy. That's called genre, friends. Yeah, guys. Guys. Come on It's beautiful. And hopefully we've shed some light on some... I didn't even think about some of that stuff, man. I know. Like, bro. That's we, why this shit is good, girl. Because girl, you and I, we, I can't like, believe we got we deep talk on this. about this shit and like find new dimensions to the crap. We found fifth dimensions. And you guys thought it was just a campy ass Star Trek episode. So this rose. When I when it was first opened, um, it has like a peach taste at the beginning, again, like a cidery kind of peach taste. Mm-hmm. And but it it would end on a note that tasted like a Heineken. And I wasn't a big fan of that because I'm not a big beer drinker. Mm-hmm. However, since last we drank, which was five seconds ago, but we've been talking this entire time. So you do the math, blah, blah, blah. Um, that bitter aftertaste is completely gone mm-hmm. and it's mellowed out into it's a very light wine. It's a fruity floral finish. Oh my god, Jen is so drunk. <laughs> and guess what? I've effed your mother. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. This was an amazing episode. So good. What are we doing next though? I'm thinking I want to do Oh my gosh, what is that? Oh, that's the episode that they were talking about. Sacred Ground. Okay. So Sacred Ground is the first episode directed by Robbie Duncan McNeil. Oh, yeah. And uh, because I go gay for Janeway, (laughs) 
I think everyone will know why. Um, give us all your thoughts and comments on all of our social sites. It's all at Seven of Wine because we love you and we love ourselves and we don't want to complicate things. And of course, if you want to email us, of course, engage at sevenofwine.com. I'm Jacqueline. I'm Jennifer. And you've been watching. Ooh. And you've been listening to <gasps> Seven of Wine. <laughs> Do your evil laugh, Jen. Question mark? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>